You know, we're talking about our identity in Christ. And we started last week talking about our identity is actually an identity of authority. Uh, and this message comes from Holy Spirit woke me up uh, several weeks ago. It was right before uh, Ted ministered a great message on us give, having the right and, and being given the right by God to proclaim blessing on people and to speak blessing on people. And, uh, but the day before that, Holy Spirit woke me up and said, my people have forgotten who they are. He said, they look in the mirror and see mere men, but I look at them and see might. And that's who you are. That's who we are today in, in the body of Christ. And, and so we've been talking about authority. And uh, let me tell you something, folks. This is a message that, that, that needs uh, preached in today's society, especially in the shape that we're looking in today. I think the, the body of Christ has forgotten who they really are. Um, well, that's what the Holy Spirit told me. Uh, I was blessed last week. I, I got a call about 2.30 in the afternoon to go to St. Mary's, West Virginia and preach the same thing that I preached to uh, here last week. Uh, so I took off and went to St. Mary's and met up with Ted and Jody. And, and it was funny how it, that message was received there. Uh, I just want to share a little bit with you. So we begin to preach and, and, and talk about uh, our authority in Christ. And the Holy Spirit just started giving me words of knowledge about sicknesses that were in the room. And uh, so what the Holy Spirit told me, he says, now you're not praying for people tonight. I said, he said, you're talking about people having authority, so people need to be praying for people. I mean, if you know, it's not the pastor's job or, or apostle's job or prophet's job to do everything. Amen? And so, I, I, so some, I, God gave me something and somebody raised their hand and, and I asked somebody next to them, I said, won't you go ahead and pray for them? And so they did. And in and, and, and just a minute, an interesting chain of events started happening. Let me tell you something. This is what happens. When we begin to walk in our authority, God begins to meet your needs. This one girl, she jumps up. And uh, she, she, I said, you know, the Lord gave me something for, for, for a lady. I said, well, who's going to pray for her? And she said, I will. And so she jumps up, she runs over, and she prays for her. And as she's walking back to her seat, Holy Spirit gives me a word for someone else. And, she, and the girl who had just prayed for somebody said, well, that's me. And I said, well, somebody pray for her. And so somebody jumped up and prayed for her. And then the Lord gave me a word and said, well, they said, well, that's me. It was the person who just prayed for this girl. And, and I said, well, somebody pray for her. Or he, I can't remember even how it was. But for, for a moment of time there, the person who prayed for another was the very person who received in the next word. See, when we begin to exercise authority, it was, the easy, it was the easiest prayer time I ever had. I didn't have to do nothing. Stand there and listen and watch. But you know, when we, when we begin to exercise that authority, it begins to meet your own needs, even from ways that you don't know. So I believe that God is looking for a body of Christ who will absolutely walk in the authority that God has put in them. And that's your true identity. So let's review here real quick. The word authority is legal power or a right to command or act. 
It is legal power or a right to command or act. It is power, it is rule, it is influence. And see, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual authority. We're talking about our legal right to exercise power and to have influence. We're talking about our legal right by God to exercise power and to have influence. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And I'm going to put this message in this series eventually, probably in the next week or so, but God has dropped some things on me. Folks, I want you to understand one thing first. Quit. Okay. This is going to make people mad. But you're all right. You can live with it. Stop referring to this scriptures as the Lord's prayer. This isn't his prayer. This is your prayer. This is what he told you to declare. And so we want to start here. He said, and in this manner, after this, he said, therefore, pray our father in heaven. Hallowed, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You say, what in the world does that have to do with our spiritual authority? That has everything to do with your spiritual authority. That is God telling you to declare that heaven won't come to earth unless there are a people who will stand on the earth and will begin to declare your kingdom come to earth. It's already here in you now. Remember, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in you. So the kingdom is here, but what he's looking for is a group of people who will stand on the earth and will release what is in them, thy kingdom come on earth. That way heaven, the earth should be looking just like heaven. And if our earth isn't looking like heaven, there's only a couple people's fault. It is those of us who stand and refuse to release. This is the greatest authority scripture. I never thought of it this way this past week. He said, this is your complete authority. He said, I'm not saying that heaven's going to be on earth. He said, you have to say it. It is you that has to declare this. It is you that has to exercise this authority. It is you that has to release this. So our father, you're in heaven. Your name is holy. So we release the kingdom on earth. Make heaven Make earth look like heaven. What's it in you? What's it going to be? So how is this ever really going to happen? How is this authority really exercised? Well, there's a couple of things that I want to cover today on how this authority is exercised. And the first one is faith. If we don't have faith in who you are, if you don't have faith in who you are in Christ, remember we talked about last week, doubt is what? Doubt is having a varying opinion. You, got to, you can't have a varying opinion of yourself. You can't be, uh, okay, I'm, I'm this this way, and I'm this this way, and I'm this. No, you are a child of God, you're a son and daughter of God, and there's nothing that can change that. But if we don't believe this, what is faith, uh, Bobby? Faith is a belief. It is the assent of the mind 
to the truth of what is declared by another. God's already declared this truth over you. He's already declared who you are. The problem is, is we don't believe it. And so we think we're just going through life dealing with whatever is handed to us, whatever cards are dealt. No, you've got to understand the authority in your life is you. But if you do not have this, if you don't have it here, you'll never get it here. He said it is a belief, is the ascent of the mind of the truth of what is declared by another. It is resting on his authority and veracity without any other evidence. No other, no, no, isn't that what, what uh, Hebrew tells us faith is? Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith is you believing about yourself. Our authority is going to be exercised when you begin and I begin to believe about myself what God has already said about me. Your authority in your life. Now I'm not talking about my authority in Bill's life because I don't have authority there. And he comes into agreement with me and he says, okay, you're my pastor. I need you to speak some things in my life. Now he's given me that authority. Okay, so we said, well, I know so-and-so and and, and I'm just going to speak into their life. Not without their permission, you're not. Not without their agreement, you're not. Come on. That's like me coming into your house. Saying, hmm, what's in the fridge? (laughs) Oh, this is the last... Swiss roll. (laughs) Let me eat it. You don't have the right to eat my last Swiss roll. But I'll tell you something, my father's house, I can walk right in. I don't even ask a question, Alice. If it's the last, if it's the last cream horn in the package, I'm gonna eat it. And you know what? My daddy will just go buy more. He'll make sure that while I'm there, that there is enough for, see folks, you got to understand, until you believe you have rights in the kingdom of God, you're always going to live in a place where you're always getting beat and thumped and banged around. When you begin to take God at his word, the Lord's been talking to Dee about the word expectation for several months now. And and she and I have been talking about the church, if we really want to operate the way that God wants us to operate, we have to live in in a place of constant expectation. In a place where we constantly expect God to do the miraculous. Come on. Where we just consider it normal. When the strange becomes normal. Because we just expect it. But see, our thing is, we don't live in this place of expectancy. We live in this place of obedience. Well, I'm supposed to go to church. I got to be a good Christian, so let me go. 
And if they, stay, if they say stand, I'll stand. If they say raise one hand, I'll raise one hand. If they say touch your toes, I'll put one foot in, one foot out, and one foot in, turn myself around. I'll do it all because that's what they tell me to do. But no, you've got to understand your place of authority allows you to take place and to not allow other outside influences to speak into your own life. You have the authority to take over that. And so if we don't live in a place of expectation, expect God to do the strange, expect him to do the miraculous, we're never going to be able to walk in this place. Remember when Jesus, him and his disciples went out one day and they were looking and Jesus says that he, the word says that he saw a fig tree and it had leaves on it. And, and, and King James Version gives us an odd translation here. It says, he went to see if happily there was leaves. That word happily doesn't mean, he goes, ah, there might be, if there's fruit. He said, there might be fruit on it. No. What it actually is, is he, because there was leaves on the tree, he expected it to be producing. And when he got to it and saw that it wasn't producing, he said, no man will eat fruit of you from this day forward. Now there's a whole nother message that I could preach about us being bright and leafy and not producing, but we won't get into that today. So the next day they're walking down and Peter looks. Now you gotta understand, when Jesus said this to the fig tree, it didn't do anything. It stood there, all its leafiness glory. It stood in complete defiance, or what appeared to be defiance to the Word of God. Can you imagine Jesus going, nobody's going to eat fruit from you from this day on? Well, that didn't work. Nothing happened. That's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We speak to something. And because we're not convinced of who we are, we walk away feeling defeated because it didn't immediately bow. We speak to a mountain and we walk away defeated because the mountain just doesn't jump up and leave now. But they're coming the next day and Peter says, Lord, look, the tree you cursed, it's dead. See, you've got to understand, authority sometimes has to work from the inside out. When you speak a word, you've got to have so much confidence in who God has made you to be to know that the word you spoke went into the very issue of your life and it is in there and it is effectively working mm, to remove that object. But we are such a fast food people. We want to place our order and if we wait longer than 30 seconds, We want it now. So Peter's standing and he's amazed that this tree is dead. See, the word of God went into it and began to work on the inside. Jesus never doubted what he, the word he said. He said, nobody's going to eat of you from now on. If it would have been six months later, Jesus would have went, well, I said it wasn't going to produce. So I want to pick this up in Mark chapter 11. Verse 22. Now, King James Version says, Now, verily I say unto you, have faith in God. And again, that's another weird translation. The Passion Translation actually translates it in the original wording. 
He says, and Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. What? You're not even, folks, we got to understand, when we operate in faith, it's not even our faith we're supposed to be operating in. Well, I don't, I don't have faith to move mountains. I don't have faith that, that, that causes me to walk on water. But God does, and, and Jesus says here, let the faith, this is Jesus releasing faith into his apostles, into his disciples. He said, let the faith of God be in you. The God kind of faith. Your authority is only going to work when we begin to figure out that it's not by my faith. We can take you into Scripture and show you you're not even saved by your own faith. It was the faith of Jesus. That's a whole nother day. It was, this is where God wants you to operate in the place where his faith is operating out of you. And if you can't believe it, we're always gonna struggle. Verse 23, he says, listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith, well, what kind of faith? With God's faith. Us in, the, in this world that we're in, we've, we've been taught long enough that you gotta have faith and you gotta have faith and it's gotta be your faith. It's not my faith. It's God's faith working in me. He said, and if any of you says with great faith, and having no doubt, no what? No altering opinion. Of what? Of yourself. No altering opinion of your own word. He's telling you to speak. He didn't say, what are you speaking? You're speaking the, oh, trying to get, going to get ahead of myself. Things I've been studying all week. And having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes what he says, it will happen. It believes what he says will happen, it will be done. Where's the belief in? Are you with me? Jesus didn't tell you here to put faith in God. Where does he tell you to put your faith? In your word. Can you hang with me? Can, can you at least agree to that? You want the King James Version? For whosoever shall say to this mountain, say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes whatsoever he saith, he shall have whatsoever he saith. There's the King James Version. So it's all about you walking in faith of what God has already done in you and the authority that God has already placed in you. So verse 24, are you okay? I'm gonna show you this really works. Verse 24, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe. Cause here's where most people have trouble, Ted. They struggle with this. Oh, I can't, man, you're talking this crazy stuff. Have faith in myself. Have faith in my word. You're crazy. I didn't say it. Jesus did. But somebody's got to be bold enough to say it, Kevin. Somebody's got to be bold enough to act on it. 
And he says, and this, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. That's past tense. You've got to believe it. Jesus walked away believing that tree was dead already. Jesus walked away. Now this is the context of the tree. He, he, Jesus walked away believing that tree was never going to produce again. No matter how it did, it could leave every year, but it would never produce. This time his word created death and the, cursed the tree. But Jesus walked away knowing that what he said was going to happen in that tree. And that's why he said, whoever will boldly believe... Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, past tense, and it will be yours. The results of prayer, folks, and the results of walking in this authority may not be instantaneous. Our problem is, is we give up when it's not. I tried it. I guess it didn't work. You know what you just did? You nullified everything you believed. It's, it's nullified. It may not be instantaneous, but folks, it'll work. Second Corinthians chapter four. You were created this way. Mankind was created this way. Jesus said, you want to release the kingdom of heaven on earth? You do it. That's why I said, pray after this manner. You pray. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. But because we have the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. The faith, how is this authority exercised? It's exercised by faith and it's exercised by your words. They have to be simultaneously in operation. You can't believe one thing and try saying another. That's what happens to pastors a lot. People don't, you know, they want to speak, so they'll speak one thing and they'll speak one thing and the whole time they're believing something else. What's well, a good thing about God is he, he's allowed us to come to a place where we can uh, actually convince ourselves of things at times. You say, what do you mean? I worked with a girl one time. She just kept saying she was pregnant, 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 and all of a sudden she started showing. But there was no baby there. She went through everything without a baby in her. Why? Because she kept speaking a thing over herself and her body began to react. Now, not long after she did become pregnant, but she actually went through her body changing to show being pregnant. Why? Because the words she was speaking. Mm, come on. This is expectation. Now, let's, let's, let's jump back in there. Where are we at? He says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, therefore we... It's not enough just to believe what I'm preaching to you today. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's not enough to just to believe this. You've got to start talking the talk. You've got to start expressing this. It's got to come out of your mouth. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up by Jesus and shall set us with you. Now, I love verse 14. 
Um, this is uh, the Geneva translation. If you don't know what the Geneva translation is, it's actually older than the King James. So I love verse 15 here. Knowing, or for all things are for your sakes, so that super abundant grace by thanksgiving of many may increase to the praise of God. This, see, we have super abundant grace when we begin to speak. When we begin to open our mouth and believe what, we, what God has said about us and we begin to speak, then he pours in this super abundant grace. Everybody gets so twisted sideways by the term hyper grace these days. When this actual word here, that grace may much more abound, it actually means hyper abound, super abundantly abound. See, we have to know that we operate in a grace that is given by God that Jesus said, let the faith of God be in you so that when you speak kingdom come, kingdom comes. When you speak uh, uh, mountain move, mountain move. When you speak this thing must go. See, this is what God has instilled in us. I hope you're getting this. Faith is released by your voice. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, let's go way back to the beginning. Bob wouldn't expect me to go old school, so he pulled out his... Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Oh, you're already there. Good. For the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being except for the original Aramaic translation is completely lost right there Targum Onoclus <laughs> read look him up he was the first one to translate the first five books into Aramaic. And I want to show you something very interesting of the original translation of this verse. Can you go there, Bob? And the Lord God created man dirt from the ground, and he blew into his nostrils a living soul. God breathed into man a living soul. And it was for a speaking spirit in man. Your soul was breathed into you by God for the very purpose that you would become a speaking spirit. That's what separates us from everything else on the planet is the ability to speak. Because why? Because to walk in authority and walk in this kind and exercise this kind of authority, mankind had to speak. He had to open his mouth. And so God breathed into man a living soul and that living soul made man a speaking spirit so that what man would begin to speak would begin to manifest on the earth your kingdom come after this manner you pray kingdom come let the God let the faith of God be in you and when you say to a mountain move and you don't doubt but believe in the opinion that God has of you. 
the mountains will move. For what, what if they don't move immediately? Verse 24 of Mark 11. For what's the things you desire when you pray? Believe you have received them. And they'll be yours. It man became a speaking spirit. It's what separates him from everything else. That's why man has dominion. That's why man has authority on the earth. He's just like God. Come on. You think it was by accident Ron said what he said today? You think it was by accident? Ron didn't know what I was preaching today. You think it was by accident? We sang Tim Wright. I'm in you and you're in me. What's the difference between the water and the sea? Nothing. What's the difference between you and God? Nothing. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. That means let him make it man after our nature, holding our abilities. And I will breathe into man and he will become a speaking spirit on the earth. And when he speaks, things will manifest because I have made him out of myself. Mm. God told us to declare and release his kingdom. After this manner, pray you. He gave us his faith. And it is because we have this same spirit of faith we speak. Now, I want to show you that I'm not preaching something weird and off. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. I want to show you the authority God gave man on the earth. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Mankind was given so much authority on the earth, God wouldn't even name the animals. He said, Adam, you have complete authority over this planet. So I'll bring you the animals and what you call them, what you name them, that's what their name will be. You understand how much authority is in you? Yeah, but Adam gave that authority. Yeah, but Jesus. Jesus, it was God in Christ Jesus restoring and reconciling the world back to himself. And when he brought, and Jesus came, that's why Jesus is called the second Adam. To restore back to humanity what humanity was willing to give away. Mankind began to believe something different about himself, and Jesus came to restore that back. And and man had so much authority when the earth started that God didn't even name the animals. He says he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them, and whatever, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, so Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, and to the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper comparable to him. So much authority in mankind. Folks, we've really forgotten who we are, me included, because we go around here operating as if we don't have authority. When Jesus said, call call heaven, your kingdom come. It's in you now. Let it out. So what is our authority connection? Our authority connection is first through Adam and restored through Jesus. We've been restored back to this place. This is why Jesus walked on water. This is why Jesus walked through walls later. 
This is why Jesus multiplied food and multiplied so many other things, raised the dead. See, before we can answer the question, you've got to understand that we can do nothing apart from God. See, before you start getting on to me saying, well, you're just making yourself bigger than God. You, you know, that's you trying to read into what I'm saying. But I am telling you to have faith in who God has created you to be. Remember, it's the faith of God. You can do nothing. Jesus even said it in Luke, apart from me, when he's talking about the vine and the branches, the vine doesn't, the branches don't produce fruit unless they're attached to the vine. And Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's settle that first. All of this is because of God, not to the side of God or not despite God. I'm talking about this kind of authority because of God. Go to Romans chapter 12. I'm telling you, in a week or so, we're going to do a deep dive into our prayer. What God told us to pray. Not the Lord's prayer. It's what he told us to pray. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 from the Phillips translation says this. As your spiritual teacher, I give you this piece of advice to each one of you. Don't cherish or exaggerate ideas of yourself or your importance. But try to have the... uh, 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 Try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith that God has given to you all. See, my capabilities and everything is nothing, but I don't work in my capabilities. My righteousness is is a filthy rag, the Word says. Actually, if you knew what a filthy rag was, you would understand how filthy that rag is. I hear some of you laughing, some of you know. So it's not my righteousness anymore. It's the righteousness of God in me. It's the righteousness of Christ. And so, now a lot of people misinterpret that scripture, Ted. They say, for God has given to every man a measure of faith. Even the King James doesn't say that. It says, given to every man the measure of faith. Everyone has the same measure of faith. Well, I don't have faith. If I had faith like so-and-so, if I quit trying to compare yourself to everyone else, it's because you have a bad opinion of yourself. You're doubting who you are. He said he's given to every man the measure. Well, what is that measure? Jesus says in Mark 20, 11, 22, let the faith of God. So what is the measure of faith you have? It is the same measure of faith that spoke a universe into existence. The same faith is in you is the measure of faith that called Jesus to come out of the grave. You got to start having some faith in yourself. The measure of faith you've been given is the faith of God. Well, I don't have that kind of faith. So you're doubting God or Jesus or the word's a liar. And we have to make that distinction. Y'all okay? I know I'm teaching more than anything today. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, from the Amplified says it this way, and so that you'll begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited 
and surpassing greatness of his active and spiritual power is where? In us. According to the power that works in See, I tell you all the time, God, we're waiting on God to do something, and God's waiting on you. He says, I'm giving you every tool you need. According to the power that is in us who believe, these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, in which he exerted. Now, this is the power that has been placed in you. The same power which God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead and caused him to sit on his throne in heaven is the same power that has been released in you. This is authority. This is authority according to the power that works in us. He said, verse 21, for he sits far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred not only in this age but in the, but, and in this world but also in the age and the world which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed unto him the universal and supreme head of the church. So where is all things? It's under Jesus' feet. And now Jesus has become the head of the universal church. He is the universal head, which is exercised throughout the church. Verse 23, which is his body. So where are your feet attached? They're attached to your body. So if everything was placed under Jesus' feet, guess where everything else is placed under? Our feet. We're part of the body. Can't separate the feet from the body. Folks, so we don't understand the authority that's really been given in us. Even from the very point of creation, God gave this earth to man to speak into it, to name the animals. He said, which is his body? Now, look what he says about the body. The fullness of him who fills all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. I'm talking about authority that changes heaven and earth. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Might have to just break down and do a whole Ephesians study because there's so much stuff in that. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, he says, now my beloved ones, I have saved the most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Be infused with power. Be infused with strength through what? It's because of your union with Christ. This is why we take communion, to celebrate our common union with Christ. That's why he said, you're taking me into you. I already, Jesus already took us into him. So when we take communion, we're reminding ourselves of that union. Now, (laughs) 
He said, my blood was supernatural infused with your life union with Christ. Stand victorious. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing where? In you and through you. We are strengthened by the power of God that is in us. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. We're almost done. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to God who can do so many, now if you want the King James Version, it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. I just like the way this one's read by the voice. Now to God who can do many awe-inspiring things, immeasurable things, things greater than we could ask for or imagine through the power that is at work in us. In the garden, Jesus said, you'll have command over all that you see. So much so, I won't even name the things that's on the garden. I'll let you do it. Then Jesus says, pray this way. You declare this. This is your words that have to be heard. Father, you're holy and your kingdom come and your will be done as heaven is, let the earth be also. That's what you pray. It wasn't the Lord's prayer. It's what he told you to pray. And then he says, let the faith of God be in you so that if you speak and don't have doubt, the thing that you've spoken will, will, will actually come to pass. So much so that you've got to believe that it already happened even before you see the reality of it. And then he said, this same spirit is in you. And as you believe, you have to speak. See, the problem is we can always find out how people really believe, even me, by the words that come out of our mouth. And out of those words that proceed out of my mouth, it creates the reality. What do you mean, just like Adam did? <laughs> it's your words, your authority is based in this identity and this identity is one that is going to be based in faith of who you are in Christ. You having the same opinion about yourself as God has about you and then you being bold enough to open your mouth and begin to speak. See, we hear all this stuff and we think this is some other weird outside Eastern teaching. They don't understand. This is biblical foundation teaching. It's in the Word. It's in the word, it's not weird, it's not strange. But we have been taught by a Western church not to think of it, we, we get hung up on that part. Don't think too, um, too highly of yourself. I don't think high of myself at all, but I have faith that God put his faith in me. And when I speak a word, I have to believe, I don't care if it takes 20 years, that word will come to pass. Well, what if 20 years is too late? Obviously, so folks, who do you say you are? 
Jesus asked the disciples one time, who do men say that I am? So I want to ask you today, who do you say you are? We either walk in this authority that Jesus has restored back, or we just get through life. I'm challenging today. Begin to think of yourself differently. Begin to hold a better opinion of yourself. Speak. Well, isn't that kind of like a name it and claim it? That, that, that got real twisted. Okay? A spiritual truth that got really, really twisted. But it's still a spiritual truth. As we've seen today. Amen? <laughs> Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, let this word sink into our spirits so deeply. Let it change us to the very core of who we are, Lord. That you have made us in your image and after your likeness. You have put your spirit in. You breathed a living soul into us and it became to us and made us be a speaking spirit so that our speech begins to exercise authority and begins to change the very course of nature. Let us see us for who we really are through your eyes. And then, Lord, let us agree with that opinion. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. In Jesus' name, amen.